0: hello and welcome back to the retail oasis retail wrap-up podcast for 2023 the podcast for retailers you're joined by retail strategist and enthusiast maddie colmar that's me as well as my fellow colleague here at retail oasis emma easton we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we live work and of course record this podcast the Guy Marble people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. Today we're in for a treat as we sit down with Mary Ralph Lawson and Kennedy Crinchlow, the co-founders of the LA-based direct-to-consumer lifestyle brand, Daily Drills. As you'll hear, their story began as two friends with a shared vision and a mere 10k investment each. Fast forward to today and Daily Drills is rewriting the rules of the fashion game, setting trends and leaving their competitors in the dust. Kennedy and Mary Ralph's story of taking their own closet frustrations and transforming them into a fashion forward empire is nothing short of inspiring. And what's even more remarkable is that their very first drop had customers dropping everything to secure their favorite pieces, causing a sellout within minutes. But there's more than just a successful sales story here daily drills isn't just a brand it's a movement centered around their community with a genuine passion that's both palpable and contagious mary ralph and kennedy have forged a bond with their audience that extends far beyond the fashion pieces that they have created this is a tale which shows the power of customer loyalty throughout this conversation we'll uncover the secrets behind their rapid growth the strategies that have propelled them from a first drop to an impressive projected revenue of us 8 million dollars this year and the magic behind their fabric and the fits that inspire their playfulness and creativity. We'll also get a glimpse into the world of customer feedback and how this has shaped their brand, their products and the experiences that they offer. We're very excited to bring you an episode that promises insights, inspiration and a glimpse into the magic that's turning Daily Drills into a household name. We hope you enjoy this episode. A very big welcome to Mary Ralph and Kennedy of Daily Drills. Welcome to the Retail Wrap Up Podcast. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. We're so excited. We'd love if you guys could start by sharing the story of how Daily Drills came to be, you know, from identifying those holes in your own closets to the brand's first drop. We'd love to hear about the journey of turning an idea into such a successful lifestyle brand.
1: So, pretty much, Ralph and I are longtime friends. We were first friends. We were kind of. Always, exchanging business ideas, and kind of both knew we always wanted to be entrepreneurs. We just didn't think it would happen so early on in our life. Um, but mid-pandemic, both of us were a bit bored. Everybody was at home. We had extra time on our hands. We had a manufacturer, and both of us were kind of looking for a pivot. So we we reached out to that manufacturer, and we were like, "Hey, like we think we might be interested in wear- in making activewear." Yeah. And we literally met up like a week after we first came up with this idea, and. Right then and there, we're just like, we're going to start in line, we're going to see what happens, we're each going to invest 10k, that's what we both felt comfortable investing at the time, and just see if anything happens. So we started with activewear, and we thought we were going to be like workout instructors, we filmed one little booty burn, and we were like, absolutely not, we love fashion so much more, we'll <laughs> still have activewear, but like, let's lean into fashion, So we started developing loungewear, and of course, we're mid-pandemic. Everybody hates what they're wearing. They feel like they've been wearing, you know, the same sets day after day, or honestly, even their pajamas. And so we developed the oversized um, unisex crew neck, which is still our best-selling style, which is so funny. And we were like, you know what, this is something that kind of goes off our activewear. What do you wear with biker shorts and a sports bra? You wear an oversized crew neck. So that's really where I feel like we caught momentum. And six months into the business, Ralph and I both quit our jobs, went full time with daily drills. It really became something much bigger than us. And we're going on almost year three, which is wild to say. So now we kind of see ourselves as a full lifestyle brand. Our mission is to make getting dressed fun. And our main categories are lounge, resort, sport. And we also do two little mini swim drops a year. So that's really fun. Yeah. Um it kind of just happened too. Like we didn't go into it with this like big business strategy and budget and all this stuff. We were just like, (laughs) yeah, we're like, let's just like put it out into the world and like see what the feedback is. And we both were like, you know, we can sell the first bit. Both of us have followings on our personal platforms and so we're like we know we can sell the first bit but like let's see what the response is and I feel like we were just so overwhelmed by our community and the engagement we received
0: and what a time to create a brand like it was such a tumultuous time for businesses who are either doing so well or you know kind of exiting the market altogether that must have been a really challenging time to have gotten going
2: yeah I think it was Honestly, looking back, it was perfect timing because we had that extra time on our hands. We were able to really sit down, put our heads together, create, dream. We were bored at home, so we had nothing else to do. Um, And I think our followers were also really leaned in because they've seen Kennedy and I promote other brands or other products on social media. But then when we launched our own, we really saw a big wave of momentum from like those People that have seen us and kind of grown up with us and now we're starting our own thing and now they're spending more time on social media like we all were um, back in the pandemic as well. So it just kind of all played out to to our benefit, even in like the craziest time of history, I feel like (laughs)
0: Yeah, definitely. And your brand has managed to cultivate such an impressive social following with like, obviously, as you mentioned, like devoted customers who are waiting for that drop. Um, how do you approach building and maintaining customer loyalty? And does social media
2: play a huge role in that for you guys? Yes, yeah, social media definitely plays a huge role. I We don't remember whose idea it was at first, but one of the best, I guess, marketing strategies, but we didn't even know it was a marketing strategy at the time. It was just kind of something that we did, um, was during our launch, we turned, or probably a day and a half before our launch, we turned our Instagram on private, so everyone had to request to follow us, and they, all the people that requested to follow us were the first people to learn about what we were launching, and first people able to purchase what we were launching. Um, And I think that first drop sold out in like 24 hours. Of course, we had limited inventory because we had limited resources. um, But those followers were really loyal from the beginning. And I think we quickly after that drop found out, we were onto something with that. Um, And we just kind of wanted to nurture our followers and our community ever since. I feel like they're very similar to Kennedy and I. They're like mirrors of us. If we like something, they'll like it, vice versa. Um, so we've always tried to keep that. I think on our Instagrams, we're always asking. If Kennedy and I are kind of split on a decision, we are like third partner is our community. We like ask them, Do you like this or this style better? Do you like this color, this color better? Do you like this name or this name better? And we're like, Oh my gosh, they went with they went with what I liked or they went with what you liked. But we kind of always lean on them to be like the tie break, I feel like. And I think that's always been super fun, and people will message like i remember i voted for this graphic eight months ago i can't wait to get it tomorrow so i think people are it just makes them feel bought in and it makes them feel part of it and we actually do listen to them because we need a tiebreaker so it's perfect
0: that is perfect and that's really beautiful that it is those people who took an interest early on you know did the request um you know
2: are they still the same people who are shopping with you now do you have that type of data um, our customers buy, we drop twice a week, twice a month and our customers buy a lot of them buy at least every other drop. So they're really, really loyal. I don't know exactly if it's like those first two, I think it was 2000 followers that we had on social media on the first week of launch. I don't know if it's really them as much, but it's kind of just created that sense of community since the beginning. Obviously some of them are still around, um, but it's been fun.
0: That's so nice. And it's really cool that they are you you know, that makes it easier to sell when you know that the customer resonates with what you both love, make, it must make it a lot easier and it must make it not feel like a job, but more like sharing your closet with your friends.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: We always say that we're like, it's so easy for us to think of things and innovate because it's what Kennedy and I like. It's not like a man creating a line for girls that are in their twenties, you know, it's like, we're creating stuff for us. So it's actually pretty easy to figure it out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And obviously, we've
3: already touched on it. You've experienced such amazing rapid growth um, in your first three years, um, which is just unbelievable. And we've loved to see the journey so far. Um, And you're projected to reach 8 mil this year, which is amazing. Um, Do you have any strategies that you've since implemented to try and kind of um, help with that significant sales growth?
1: Uh, I think kind of going back to the original strategy of like honing in on Um, Social media has been huge for us. I think, honestly, we haven't turned on that many levers of the business, which is actually really exciting and encouraging for us. We just started, like, entering the digital ad space and stuff like that. So I really think it is organically nurturing and fostering that community on social media and on TikTok. Obviously, TikTok is growing, and I feel like people are doing so many product reviews on TikTok as well. And so I think just, like, creating that customer behavior where, like, they're leaned into the drop. They know that if they're not signed up for notifications, they're not going to learn about it. And then they know that if they really want it, they're going to have to log on five minutes early They have the app downloaded. So really, really leaned in. I think that's like the biggest strategy is just to continue kind of communicating with our audience. So it's like, we're kind of planting the seed and then they're like, well, I have to have it now. Um, So yeah, I would say, and also like, I feel like we've always made the brand feel like um, like it has its own personality. Ralph always says, like, you go to Starbucks every day, but you don't follow Starbucks on Instagram. So it's like, why, what value are we adding to somebody's day? We really want to be, like, a full lifestyle brand. So even our app has all different features aside from just shopping our products. We'll have lookbooks for inspo on there. We'll have playlists. So if we we actually just shot in Australia last March, I think it was. yeah. And we did a whole playlist around, like, what we were listening to when we were laying out in Bondi. So we'll do playlists. We'll do travel guides because we do a lot of destination photo shoots. So I really feel like um, leveraging social media and like a new and fresh way that brands aren't really doing has been a big strategy yeah. of ours. And I think, too, we obviously have
2: strategy and think through all of that. And Now we have a team that's able to help us execute. But at the beginning, Ken and I were like, OK, how much do we think we can sell? Let's try that. And then. This year, we're just looking back on last year. Our goal is to double last year's sales. So, okay, ever, let's just take it month by month. Like, we know we did this last year. Let's We know we can do twice as good this year. So let's double it month over month instead of, like, looking down the calendar of the entire year and being like, how are we going to get to this crazy number that I can't even imagine? It's like, let's just take it bite by bite. And I feel like that has really helped, too, because we're yeah. like, okay, if we did it this last year with half the people, we can do it double this year with double the people, you know? So I think it's just taking the pressure off of it and not needing to know exactly the roadmap of how to get there. I think it's yeah. always been, it just helps, you know, with your stress and managing stress levels and
3: everything. Yeah. I suppose at the start is very much trial and error. Like how are you to know? You just kind of make it yeah. and, and it's paid off. For you guys yeah, and probably yeah. you know 2020
0: versus now the ability to get product or have things manufactured is probably becoming a lot easier therefore you have more product available therefore you can actually really go to market and have stuff to sell instead of being like it's a limited drop and that's it you know you can grow your customer base
3: because mm-hmm. you've got the product there and um, have you had to kind of navigate any big challenges um with growing so fast in the industry
1: I definitely think there are a handful of challenges like uh, you guys saw with our website being down right now, which it won't be down when this goes live, but um, just moving warehouses. They're just things that I think as you grow, you need more support or you need, they're just different things that your business needs. And I think we always have kind of kept that to at like the forefront of our minds. Like it's not personal. It's whatever, like what does the business need right now? Um, And kind of like moving forward with that mindset, I think has been really helpful. But what the business needs is, it, it is sometimes it's hard and sometimes you have to take leaps of faith or you have to switch partners or manufacturers and I think that has probably been the biggest challenge is just like okay we're growing but like how do we prepare you yeah. know all of our dif- the different channels and all the different um like yeah. connections for this growth you
2: yeah know? and I think we've been so blessed we've had so much wind in our yeah. backs like we feel like it's been it's just been like green light after green light which I think is very encouraging but obviously there's been hard conversation in between and uh, Kennedy and I are best friends and now we're business partners we were best friends before we were business partners and I think a lot of people would think that that would bring challenges but I think it's helped our friendship because now we have this tough conversations together it's like <laughs> Kennedy the other day we were having to have a phone call and she was like you're gonna talk you're gonna talk and I'm like no 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 you're talking I'm <laughs> like I can't do it today you got this and the phone like answers and we wait two seconds and we're like and then Kennedy starts talking. I'm like, thank God. So <laughs> I think it's also helpful too, like the challenge. I don't have to bear it myself, which yeah. I think is just helps. So yeah. Much. Nothing
1: feels like too much. I feel like because yeah, we can lean on each other, but definitely like, I, I'm so glad that we went into it naive. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way.
3: <laughs> and it must be so nice, as you said, having each other to rely on. Did you have any reservations right. when you first kind of decided to be business partners together?
2: No, we kind of didn't think too much about it like that's a lot of our best ideas we think come from instinct so we just kind of act on things very quickly everyone in our office will know like we're kind of running around all the time thinking of something executing it the same day and everyone's sort of like you know their heads on a swivel (laughs) but I think that's like the fun part of it you know yeah always trust your
3: gut I think in this kind of situation Uh and um, so we love your the product, of course. Um it's a mix of high quality and then just amazing fits, colours, just we love the whole style of it. and um, where do you typically draw inspiration for your collections? The
2: inspiration for our collections, I feel like comes in so many different ways. I always say that I love taking inspiration from my own life. So, like what I'm wearing, what the scene is, what I'm feeling, what are watching on t- like seeing on TikTok, on Instagram, like I'm always taking inspiration if it's like um, one good example was we were shooting a collection to Loom, and we had a fruit plate and it was like the prettiest colors of fruit you've ever seen. And I went on Instagram and I took a picture of the fruit plate and I, pulled the colors. You know how you can do that on the Instagram story. And we made the stripes for our Christmas collection out of those sort of colors that we pulled. So I think just like always looking around, it makes life more fun when you're looking around, getting inspired by like every little detail. I think it's fun. Um, But we also get inspired a lot of times. We love Australia. It's one of our favorite places. And we always knew we wanted to do a photo shoot there. So obviously the colors were inspired by the icebergs and Bondi and what we were wearing the the previous time we visited and what the weather was like. So either take a lot of inspiration from travel and either yeah. we sort of plan a shoot around a destination or we plan a destination around like a color scheme that we've already decided. Um, and how do you tend to stay
3: ahead of the curve in terms of the trends while still maintaining um, your unique identity as
1: a brand? Or do we stay ahead of the trends? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, living in LA doesn't hurt. I feel like people yeah. are early adopters in general. But I also think we don't try too hard to be a trendy brand because we don't want to be associated with being a fast fast fashion brand. Although we are putting out drops twice a month, like Rob said earlier. I do think our drops are kind of all they kind of all go off of each other. So it's like we do biker shorts and maybe the next drop will be a drop will be a crew neck. So it's like, I don't feel like my biker shorts meant that workout set is like expired. Now I get to like add something cute, you know, tie it around my shoulders, and that just became a whole new outfit. So we kind of are more focused on being seasonless while still being fashion-forward. So we'll have, like, fun little elements. For instance, our unisex crew neck is reversible. And, you know, you don't really find a lot of reversible crew necks. Like, that's a little bit different. Or we have the patch statement on it. So we'll add fun little unique identifiers. But while at the same time, we try to remain kind of like a core staple in someone's closet. Yeah, a bunch of our items, I would say, are, like, more
2: classic bodies, classic shapes. But with the reversibility with a patch with a color it can make it more fun and you know seasonal but um they're more traditional and style i would say yeah i like the word you staple because it is kind of a staple in your
3: wardrobe but you're just updating it with yeah. colors and the branding obviously the branding is really cool and i think there's also
0: something in you know with it being loungewear or you know lifestyle wear it can be mixed into everyday wear <coughs> And that makes it more of a, like a, yeah, a closet staple. Or, and I guess it also makes it more sustainable, right? Like, cause you're going to be wow. utilizing the same item for more than just, you know, doing your gym session in. Yeah. Um, kind of spoke about it already, but like customer feedback in retail is so invaluable. Um, and I guess I would love to know like how you gather and leverage this customer feedback, um, you know, and, and I guess, how do you use that to enhance your products and the overall experience of the brand?
2: Yeah, I think we agree. Customer feedback is invaluable. We are always asking our customers questions. We actually just got a sweater in um, and Kennedy and I, we both loved it, but we were on the fence if it was like too much, too out there for our customers to like. Um, And we posted it on Instagram and I think like 10,000 people said yes, that they wanted it. So obviously we're going to do that. And it's so nice to have our community literally at our fingertips. And within 24 hours, we can have This many people say yes or no to something. These these many opinions, we always submit your color ideas, submit your color name ideas. Like, it is just so nice to have a community that will actually respond to us because they know we're following their direction. Um, And I think we, like, leverage it all the time. We're always questioning them, asking them for ideas. Um, We probably probably over-ask what they're into it. So it's good.
0: Have you ever had like pushback from, you know, your customer online with a garment that you were like, yeah, this is so great. Let's see what the customers think. And they're like, no. Have you ever had a moment like that and been shocked by the response? Or is it always really in line with
2: what you think? I mean, like 2,000 people still said no. So that I was like, I thought everyone was going to be into it. Um, <laughs> oh, that one outfit. Oh, yeah. People didn't like that. But I mean, TikTok went viral and, and it was on the mean side of TikTok. But I think that's yeah. TikTok. it was this is like honestly we both loved it it was this metallic it was kind of more out there than the usual um but i i think that kennedy and i kind of went with it and like we made tiktoks that kind of made fun of it because we knew it was cool because we liked it so we didn't really care that much um and so we kind of played it to our benefit i think
0: so i know you guys have already kind of touched on the benefit of being close friends before you started doing this. But starting a business with a close friend can obviously have its challenges, but also it means you share in the rewards together. What do you think are the key factors that have contributed to your successful partnership as co-founders? Because it feels like you both, uh, you know, either side of the coin, you both bring something different to the plate. But I'd love if you could kind of talk about it a little bit more.
1: I think we both have very different like strengths in the business, which we didn't know going into it. I run more the operations side of things and Ralph Spearhead's mostly creative. But we didn't go into that being like, yep, I'll be ops, you be creative. We just kind of both did everything. And then we ended up writing a list down of like everything we loved and everything we hated. And they were the exact opposite. And we we're like, cool, great. We are amazing business partners. You're um, going to do what you love and I'm going to do yeah. what I love. <laughs> so I feel like we also just like trust each other in those areas and like, Obviously, when it comes, like, creative and strategy and ops and those big decisions, like, moving a warehouse, you know, like, we're both in it. Like, we will, we both very much, it's our baby. We both, you know, care so much about making those critical decisions. But, like, the low-hanging fruit, I'm like, don't even tell me about that. and say, She's like, pay the insurance. I don't care, you know? Yeah, so, I trust it's really nice that. that we do have trust. And, like, neither of us are, like, super, super, super control freaks, I feel like. Maybe at the beginning, I... Probably was but like I feel like both of us have big perspective like how much does this really matter how much do I actually care do I just think that I care or do I actually care I think that's been really helpful and then I think also just we're both good communicators and we both I don't know I feel like we both kind of step in to help each other like if Ralph's out for a week I'm just like all right cool like I'm gonna step in and help vice versa and so it's kind of like an unspoken thing I wouldn't say it's like It just kind of naturally happened. Also, we both have sisters. So I feel like growing, if you grow up with a sister, you kind of know, like, I don't know, like you share everything and you help them and you step in for one another. So I think that has also helped. Yeah. And you're
2: different, but it's helpful to be different versus both be the same and both love the exact same things. Because we always say if it was was Kennedy, she'd still be making black leggings, (laughs) but she would make a lot of money. And if it was me, we would have made everything under the sun, but we would make no money. So it's like, you need the balance, you know? Exactly. So perfect like dream, to you. yeah, perfect partnership. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: obviously, you <We> got
2: lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: obviously, you've really supported each other, which is so important when you've, you know, as the brand has grown and blew up so quickly. Um, but as successful entrepreneurs in the industry, there must have been some kind of big influential figures or mentors that have helped, have helped shape your journey.
2: Um, could you tell us about any of those that really helped you along the way? Honestly, I think. My now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, and her husband, when we started, y'all were married, right? No, no, you were almost married, her fiance. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they were like such big supports on starting a business. I think Um, we were obviously young and naive, and I think everyone in our world was excited for us and and really encouraged us to start a business. I think spending $10,000 and not knowing what the next step is or having ever done it is scary, especially when you're... 23 and 24. And you know, that's all the money you've ever made, really. Um, so I think just like having people around us on our level that were super excited for us. And they're like, we know you're going to do great things. So do it was really encouraging and inspiring. I agree. Um, I don't know if we have any
1: mentors in the space. We though, honestly but, really didn't. I yeah. think also a lot of times we would reach out to somebody and they would give us like very traditional marketing or fashion advice. And then we'd be like, wait, that's not our demographic. Like we would take it and we would like execute on it. And then it wouldn't really hit work. And we were like, wait a second. That's because like, we would have never done that. We wouldn't have thought that was cool. And so we've kind of just like led by instincts and also just learned from our mistakes. Yeah. And we're like, kind of
2: going back to the, how do you, how do you make your sales? You know, almost 10 million a year. That's so crazy. How do you get there? It's like, Take it step by step. If we knew all the stuff we'd have to go through, we wouldn't have done it. But we just kind of said like, yeah, today we'll create, we'll trademark our name. Tomorrow we'll work on the fit of the first leggings. The next day we're going to decide to do a white t-shirt. You know, that's kind of, it's been step by step. And I think it's added up to what Daily Drills is today, but we didn't like plan in three years, we have to be hitting this and doing this and doing that. It was just very like, organic. Yeah.
0: Were there any brands that you found were particularly influential or inspiring that you guys looked to
2: while doing this process? I think there's so many brands that inspire us. Like
1: yeah, the influencer
2: was- strategy from Revolve to the, you know, cool, different fabrics and exciting textures of PE Nation and um, just like so like every brand that we've seen, I kind of think like inspired us to some degree, you get kind of unconsciously inspired, I think by brands as well. Um, the sporting rich drop model wasn't kind of, wasn't really doing it when we started, but that's inspired us. Like someone else is doing it and they're successful in the space or ALD in New York. Like it, it
1: all kind of has helped. I think Mad Happy was always one that we looked up to. Um, kind of like what you were saying though, we didn't you know, so many people are like, we've got to do our market research and we got to see what's out there. Like, or what we did they do? do that. Or we we're just like, them. what the heck is missing in our closets, and why is nobody else made it? You know,
3: yeah. Yeah. It, it goes back to that point that you are your own customer, so it yeah. just makes it easy because you yeah. buy them for you know the customer so well. It's
1: so much harder to be trying to figure out what's cool and yeah. trying to like figure out like you know where you're gonna take the brand next, other than just like, wait, what do what do I want to wear right now? What do I think I'm gonna want to wear a year
2: from now? like, what am I trying to buy right now? Like, what do I want for myself? What am I always trying to pair with my jeans? Okay. Like, let's make that, you know, versus the, what's, what's the trend? Like, do we, do we need to make, you know, a, a vest? Cause everyone's doing that, yeah. you know? So
1: kind yeah, of sticking
2: to our own lane has been helpful, but obviously so many brands out there do amazing things that I think we learn from all different aspects of them. i mean this is a very big question but what is next for daily drills what does the future hold is there any
3: kind of nuggets of information any secret drops or partnerships that you can tell us about
2: which is coming up well well actually it's not exciting because this podcast will already be out by the time but i was going to tell you we went to kennedy's hometown to do a collection last summer we went to my hometown which is austin texas and Kennedy lives on in this small town on this lake in Washington called Lake Taps. And we're going to her, her hometown next week, which will be in the past for when this episode comes out. But I think we're super excited about that. That's like the thing that our team is gearing up for. And we've had a lot of just internal discussion about. But what's something fun we can tell? Us? I
1: know. I think we're trying to dip more into collaborations. Actually, I know we are. So we're trying to work with a jewelry line and then a denim line this year. So that'll yeah, really be that's fun. Fine. Um, and then hopefully do our first ever pop-up sometime this year, maybe like a two or three day pop-up because we've only ever been g to c We've never sold in person. So having that in-person footprint and presence, I think would be a really cool experience for us. I mean, we it'll be a drop day and we see all these people buy and we're like, who are these people? And obviously yeah. we've met some customers in real life, but to be able to have a place where like customers are touching and feeling and getting excited and planning their buy in front of us, I think would be super inspiring for both yeah, of us. that'd be amazing. And it's
3: obviously already, you know, how important it is to get that feedback from customers online. But actually, being able to talk to them and speak to them will be so invaluable and just exciting. Right. Like, I'm so proud to be able to see your product in store, you know, looking amazing. So that's all very exciting, as is the um, shoot in your hometown. Yeah. Keeping it in line with the brand, right? Because it's about
0: you too at the end of the day. Mm. So it should be shot in your hometown. That's so really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> our last question is one that we've been asking everybody on the podcast this season and we've had some very mixed responses but we would love to know if you two could look into the crystal ball and somehow predict the future of retail let's say in the next five or ten years what do you see happening or what would you like to see happen
2: i would say i see a lot more data see it i don't know if i would like that because i love shopping in mm-hmm. person i'm such an in-person shopper i'm not an online shopper which is hilarious because daily Joe's is literally built on online shopping and people being there the minute the clothing drops and i am like sadly we're going to change this but i'm notoriously late so that just model does not work for me which is hilarious um so i see more d2c less in person and that makes me sad <laughs> but it also makes sense i think yeah what do you see
1: um, I think I see more creator-founded brands, just public figures having brands. I think at this point, you can't really have a brand if you don't have a mission and if there's not really a person behind it. I think so many of my favorite brands, especially like brands that have started within the last five years, are brands where I really can get behind their founder. I can get behind their story. I, I want to know who's making it. I want to know who's designing it. Yeah. Um. And that just wasn't, that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. So I think more than ever... Customers are going to want to know transparency, not just in their products, but in in their founders and the culture of the companies. And um, there's just, yeah, now with TikTok and social media, there's pretty much no sense of privacy. And I think that's going to start to dip into retail more than ever.
0: Well, that's all we have time for today we thoroughly hope you enjoyed this episode and we can't wait to bring you another great guest next time if you'd like to support the retail wrap-up podcast you know where to find us on instagram at retail oasis on linkedin and make sure to subscribe to receive notification when we drop a new episode we'd love to hear from you our loyal listeners by way of a review or drop us a guest suggestion via one of our social media channels Thank you for joining us and we look forward to bringing you more retail expertise next episode. Bye.